Darren Clayton is about to join us, and we'll go through this meeting tomorrow night at Albion Park. We just touched on that free-for-all as race number four, and the favourite is Crunch Time 270. Failed to score up last week. It was a real anomaly there, but uh, we spoke with Ricky Elgin yesterday, and uh, he said uh, just caught everyone by surprise. But he was back at the trials on Tuesday, trialled well, so uh, they're expecting uh, normal uh, racing patterns to return tomorrow night with Crunch Time. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Let's start with this race four, the free-for-all. Uh, Mac Da Vinci, the early scratching, it takes plenty out of this race, judging by his victory last week. He was just scorching uh, with that victory. Still very competitive, this race tomorrow night. How do you see it? Yeah, it certainly is. And um, like you mentioned, it it really does sort of open it up a little bit, I thought. Um, it He was drawn out in gate six, so it sort of added a, an extra layer of intrigue, I thought, with him there. Um now that he comes out, you probably look at it, it looks a case of Will the Wizard probably gets to the front and, and Crunch Time comes across to uh, to stay outside him and, and dependent there what sort of tempo we see, whether Crunch Time really looks to, to serve it up to Will the Wizard or whether he can um, get away with a few easy splits. I thought the way the race cleaner would... And the other thing you've then got is Northview Hustler. He... If he wanted to, he could quite easily lead this race. We saw him lead two starts back. That was over the 2,100, the middle distance. Faded out a little bit in that run. Wasn't a, a great deal of tempo in that race. They've they've run 155 and 5 for the 2,100, which for the open-class performers, you know, that's, that's probably a little bit below par. And he was able to get away with um, a 60-second opening half of the last mile. So... Whether he has improved since that run, he was down the line from gate seven last week behind Mac Da Vinci. So um, I just got concerns whether they really want to look to hold the lead with Northview Hustler. So with that in mind, I've got Will the Wizard on top. He was a good winner. Only well, two starts back when he took on the open performance, he was only beaten a short half head, the barest possible margin. That was a really good run. He went back to his own grade band four last week dealt with and went straight to the front. Ran a really sharp mile, 51.9. He runs that sort of mile in front again here. He gets to the to the lead easily enough and can run a 51, 51.9 mile again from the front. I don't think they can beat him. Well, here's a question that I've got for you. Carl's from heaven week in, week out. He's just recording these uh, mind-blowing numbers. And again last week, really good. He's the only horse off the second row. We're guaranteed a strong pace. Does he remain on the fence or does he look to try and work off as soon as he can? Well, yeah, that's that's a, a big question that they'll, they'll need to make early. Shane Graham with the drive on Carl's from heaven this week with the scratching of Mac DaVinci. So... Will the Wizard does go to the front. Well, then he's three fence if he stays on the fence. If he comes off into the running line, he's probably further back than three fence because Kid Montana gets crossed. He probably doesn't get in behind it quick enough. Cash us backslides in behind Kid Montana or gets in front of it one way or the other or Tommy Lincoln goes forward. The fence might be the better place to be in that he's probably guaranteed no worse than three pegs. So... Um, with that scenario, like you mentioned, he is absolutely flying. Um, he's a horse that really loves just to sit off the speed and charge home. Just needs a gap from the fence he can get it. So his run last week, his own individual splits, he's run 
12.1 and 27.05, fastest outside of the winner, which was Mac Da Vinci, who um, from the front end was a, a huge run. He's got home in 53.9, so probably not going to be that hot late, you wouldn't think. There'll probably be more mid-race pressure this week than there was in the race last week. So with that in mind, there's nothing to say Carlos from heaven can't get there. He just is that horse that needs a bit of luck, which is why we probably see just his price just always a little bit higher than, you know, than some of those others in the field who tend to make their own luck. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we spoke with Ricky Elgin yesterday. He indicated that crunch time was going to have a let-up after this race tomorrow night. He'll return to Sydney and have a bit of an ease-up, and then they'll uh, start again with uh, big targets in mind with him. Bit of pressure on here. The happy 80th Elf, Laspina Rope, and Pace. And as we know, Elf is the owner-breeder of crunch time, so he'd like to win his own race, I'm sure. Yeah, especially being um, you know, such a milestone birthday, and um, especially with the family of this horse, they've They've had a great deal of success with the, the maternal family of of Crunch Time and many others that have all come from that. Uh, Captain Crusade is a half-brother to Crunch Time. Um, lots of winners littered through that family. And um, Crunch Time, he's a, he's a very good horse. He's won 15 races now. And, um, you know, he's he's right up there as one of his best. Um, interesting, Will the Wizard and Crunch Time clash again. They, they met in the uh, Chariots of Fire earlier this year. Um, both down the line behind Expensive Ego, Will the Wizard um, a few places higher, but uh, they'll square off here, I think, and I think uh, Crunch Time will need to be at his best to to get the, the win for Alf Laspina, and um, if his family are on track, they might, uh, there might be a bit of a, a good rendition of a happy birthday song for him. Yeah, I'm sure it promises to be a really good race. The uh, the pacing free-for-all. The Trotters free-for-all is the last race coming through tomorrow night, race 10. Mobile start conditions, 2,138 metres. But reigning Queensland Trotter of the Year is Majestic Simon. He's been unplaced at his past five starts. He's made breaks at his past couple. But mobile conditions and a front row draw, can he bounce back? Can he return to the winner's circle tomorrow night, Majestic Simon? Well, I've marked him on top. I certainly think he can. So he's unplaced his last five, like you just said. Um, six starts back was the last time he met mobile conditions. That was in the Group 1 Queensland Trotters Cup. On that occasion, he led the field from Gate 1, and it was only three very good trotters that beat him home on that occasion. Uh, Tough Monarch, Pink Galars, Humble Lad. Uh, so he was still best of the local performers here. Only local performers here again this week. I think he's got a bit of a class edge. He'll certainly enjoy back to um, being back to the mobile. Brilliant off the arm. He just needs to trot cleanly and safely. And I think he's just too good. Majestic Simon certainly gets his chance to bounce back. Um, not a great deal of speed. Uh, more shades of gold. Probably gets out okay. Doug, well, um, yeah, just cross your fingers, cross your toes, see what happens with him, especially off the mobile. I thought... Um, he surprised me. I thought he had been a better mobile horse till I went through his form, but more of his wins have been from the stand, So, which is uh, incredible to think how chance he is away from the tapes. So um, who knows what we get with Doug, but he trots cleanly. He's certainly got the ability. Sir Fahrenheit, um, absolutely luckless a couple of times. He gets the right run. He can be chiming into the money. Northern Muscle is another one. Uh, I thought can certainly stretch out uh, Majestic Simon. And just, he just doesn't have that early speed, so he's going to have to work at some point. But Majestic Simon 
certainly every opportunity to bounce back to winning form. Yeah, it's a key race for him tomorrow night. No two ways about it, Majestic Simon. Uh, I'll get your quaddy selections in just a moment. Time now for yes, sir, no, sir. The one that you're most keen on tomorrow night, and the one that's hard in the market, but you're just a little lukewarm on his chances. So give us your yes, sir, no, sir for this Friday. Yes, sir. 28 Black, race seven, number one. Uh, this guy's had two runs back from a spell. Really, really good effort first up. He's sectionally, he was really good. Attacked the line strongly. Uh, he went around midweek here on Tuesday uh, in a race that was won by um, uh, the three-year-old. What's the... Cashed, cashed up. up. Cashed up. Um, he was deep. He sat in the 1-1 in that race. That was a bit of a, a strange race. I thought that one was um, the way it all sort of panned out with the, where the map probably went out the window pretty early on. But he was really strong to the line, was um, 28 black. Gets in behind a good leader here uh, in the two horse, which should be going straight to the front at West Point. From there, he's just got plenty of time and the tempo will be on and I think he arrives. Race 7, number 1, yes, sir, 28 black. Okay, so race 7, number 1, the best bet. The no, sir, which one uh, don't you like? Yeah, I think there could be a, a couple tomorrow night that are a little bit uh, a little bit tricky to line up. I thought uh, in it is in race number lost my race numbers here. Race number six, Blackhawk Joe, the Ricky Alchin runner. He's certainly absolutely flying. He's had some tough gates. I'd just be interested to see how short he comes up. The run of Make Mine Memphis last week was huge. He did it at both ends. He's opened up uh, in sub-27. Didn't really take the foot off the pedal, and he's come home in 27.5 uh, and, and held them off. So just be interested to see how the market comes up there, especially with Street Kid drawn in gate two, uh, who is a winner and a good gate speed horse. If they, if Blackhawk Joe has to work at some point, I just might be a little bit uh, tread warily around him. Even though he is in good form, just the 2100 and that race, that would be why he is a no-sir from me. Okay, well, that's race six, number three, Blackhawk Joe. Let's focus on the quaddy, the main quaddy, races five, six, seven, and eight. So we'll start with race five, and this looks fairly open here. There's a number of ways you can break down this race. So how did you see race five? Yeah, very tricky one. I've actually marked number five, the Democrat, on top. Um, he's been going okay. Um, last week, he found the running line. He was closing out pretty good behind Make Mine Memphis. Um, the start prior, he was good. He gets back to veterans grade here, um, which probably looks a, a good opportunity for him to um, to get back into winning form. Or he was a winner a couple of runs back um, in good time. Just a little bit concerned with the map, but he certainly gets every opportunity. So I've marked him on top. I thought Vinny Chase, he's never far away. Uh, gate 10, Winner, a few runs back. Um, that was at the mile. There's good tempo likely in these races. So provided he can work across at some point and not get too far away, he'll be in the mix. And Stomp him, he's been freshened. Um, he was a good winner three runs back. Um, he's been, he was down the line at his last run and just sent for a little break or a little um, ease up. He's been freshened. He comes back here, should get a good trail through. So we'll go five, six, nine that first leg. 
Okay, so five, six, nine, race five. We move to race number six. You just mentioned Blackhawk Joe. So how many do we need to play in this leg of the quaddy? Yeah, I thought you could include uh, two others being number one, Bombardier Jujon. Hasn't had much luck. He's passed two, um, just being caught in behind tiring runners and never really got into open space. If he gets uh, the passing lane with some momentum, he does have good speed, so um, could possibly even look at uh, who they, they hand up to if they do hand up. But uh, I've always liked Bombardier Jujon. He's sort of been one of those horses that um, just behind his, his more illustrious namesake in Governor Jujon, but he's always been a good horse right the way through this guy. He shouldn't be too far away from the gate. Make mine Memphis, I mentioned. He was really good last week. I thought that was a, a top effort. He'd been runner-up before um, in the two runs prior to that win last week. He just made full use of the gate. That was a, a top effort. So we'll go one, three, and four. One, three, and four there for race six, race seven tomorrow night. Uh, this race over the mile, uh, you've mentioned 28 black. So are we going one out here with 28 black? Yeah, I've got him one out. I thought, like I mentioned, I just thought he gets all the favours here. He's been really good. He'll be fitter after two runs back. He is a good sit sprinter. Um, he'll get he'll get the chance to power over the top. There's one I just um, I just tread a little bit warily around. Is number seven. Watch Pulp Fiction back to this um, veterans grade after he's been in free for all companies past two. So. Just what they do with him from gate seven, certainly he'll be thereabouts. But happy to go one out, 28 black. Okay, and how do we bring it home, this race over the mares, uh, over the mile for the mares? It looks very, very open. Oh, I couldn't find a way to really nail this one down, Chris. Uh, like you said, very open. Um, I'm going with the numbers of two, five, six and ten. I've marked the two on, uh, sorry, I've marked the 10 on top. Feels like a winner. Having no luck with barriers. She's having to do all the work in the run. Again, not really sure where she gets to in the run here, but I just thought those off the front line, if they, it's probably not, um, it's not a standout in this man's race, which we have had in the past couple of weeks. The last probably three or four, there's been one sort of standout in this man's grade. I thought if they might, uh, there's an opportunity that everyone gets, sort of sees it the same way and tries to take advantage. Sometimes that can just uh, cause the tempo to be a little bit too too strong. And I thought it feels like a winner might just be able to poke through. True Stepper has had no luck in two runs um, from a short let up, um, sort of tucked in behind them on each time, never really seen open space. So she'll be better. Miss Victoria. Um, she was a good third last week behind her stablemate, AJ Breezy Rose. Just got crossed early and then shuffled back from gate one. Gate six is probably a better option for her, and she can work in her races, so she's in it. And Witch Hunt, not sure whether she's a better uh, a chaser or from in front. I thought she might be slightly better chasing. Um, she's been sent forward a past couple. Uh, either way, she's certainly right in the thick of this. So 10 on top, but the number's 2, 5, 6, and 10. Okay, so wrapping up your quarter numbers tomorrow night. Five, six, nine in the opening leg. Second leg, one, three, four. Uh, one only in that third leg, and we finish off with two, five, six, and ten. So that's uh, $36 for 100% of the dividend. And that's it. Three by three by four. All right, perfect. Your best bet. Race seven, number one, 28 blank, and the one that you're just a little lukewarm on, 
uh, comes up in race six. It's number three, Blackhawk Joe. Don't be rushing in at the short odds that uh, are likely to go up. He's probably likely to be the favourite there, Blackhawk Joe, in race number six. Brittany, yesterday, she was keen early in the program. Race one, number two, Bitcoin. She thought that was the best bet on the program at Albion Park. And don't forget, to, if you're following the Albion Park social pages, Kate Butt, who works with Albion Park now, she'll have her tips coming out in the next uh, probably 18 hours or so. So they'll be readily available tomorrow when you're doing all of the form for Albion Park. It's a good program tomorrow night. The free-for-all is race number four. That promises to be a really exciting race, race number four. The first of 10 getting underway at 6.13. So just before we wrap it up this morning, Steve, if you're there, mm-hmm. I've been able to track down that uh, piece of paper of mine. Moments like these, the Queensland Oaks winner through the carnival up here. She was back at the trials on Tuesday. She ran second in a trial at Kilmore for uh, Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars. So she's obviously on a path towards the Victoria Oaks as well. Uh, I mentioned Antonia. David Thorne really happy with her. So he's just got to find a trainer that he can place this filly with and get her ready for the, the Victoria Oaks, but he's more than happy with the way she trialled on Tuesday. And just some news uh, locally, uh, Craig McInnes, uh, he's been around for a long time, very skillful horseman, copped a really bad kick last week. We, we saw this recently with Talia McMullen. I think Talia's still out with a, I think she ended up with a collapsed lung. Well, Craig McInnes ended up in a bad way last Sunday as well. He was kicked by a horse, so he's going to be uh, out of action for a, probably a little while as well, which is uh, unfortunate, but uh, hopefully he'll he'll be uh, right in a couple of weeks and he'll be back in, in action. But uh, he's still got his uh, small team of horses going well, current foreman for Chantel Turpin and Pete McMullen. So speedy recovery for, for Craig as well. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, uh, the McCarthy stable. It's under the, the leadership of Ricky Thurlow here. But I'm hearing reports that they may be looking to scale back. They've got quite a few in work at the moment, but there might be just a little bit of a reshape of that Queensland stable now that Luke and Belinda have returned to, to Sydney, where their main base is at Cobbity near Menangle. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dave.